City. And the Richmond Spiders have knocked off the 12th ranked UMass Minutemen. The Richmond Spiders have come to Florida and have knocked off the 13th ranked Gators. Spider victory over 14th ranked California. Richmond 94, Cal 90. Davis to climb for the time. Puts it on the deck. Head fake, shoots, block. Emergency podcast time. Kind of. We are back for episode nine of the Frontline Fanatics podcast. And, uh, you know, I feel like we start this trend where, like, every single time we have a big breakdown episode before a big Friday night game, uh, then we go on COVID pause. And here we are again. Uh, For those who are living under a rock, Richmond is on now our third COVID pause of the season. The Friday night game against St. Louis was, was postponed under some curious circumstances I think we'd both we'd both say and it's led to a lot of speculation and questions on social media so your boys of frontline fanatics are here to break it down for you as always I'm Evan joined by uh, sleuth in residence Andrew Aguilera oh uh, who's going to break down for you exactly what the timeline of events are that what transpired over the weekend so what's going on buddy and yeah the listeners I gotta say you might you might be one of the most uh smooth transition people you always got these clever little things that you throw in before the intros. It's phenomenal. Honestly, I was about to type to you be like, wow, I think I nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. We'll uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's break this down real quick. So, uh, you know, the week started off good for us for, uh, for, I mean, for us in general. Yeah. We had great weeks, had a new podcast out last week, but for Richmond basketball came off a big win against St. Joe's Tuesday. Hopefully, you know, you want to think they got some good practices in coming into a big nationally televised game on Friday. We're hyped to get that exposure, hyped to play a ranked team that could potentially a win potentially projects us into the tournament, like definitively. And then some weird stuff starts to happen. So Friday afternoon, you know, the game gets canceled and there's not really a clear explanation why Twitter's kind of going crazy. We're seeing, you know, a bunch of different rumors um, that the, that St. Louis had already like left on Thursday night. Like they weren't even planning on showing up at all. And then it ended up happening where they, they left on Friday because they weren't comfortable because their independent doctors decided that the COVID protocols weren't up to standard for them, which kind of, you know, threw me for a loop for sure. Um, I, I didn't really know what that meant. I felt like most arenas and teams playing college basketball and in the A-10 have to have relatively similar protocols i didn't really think there would be a situation where they would be very different but nonetheless that was enough to cancel the game nothing else really came out maybe it was like a richmond positive that they were uncomfortable with maybe they somehow had another positive after all those after like a month off with like 11 players getting covid no one really knew what was happening then saturday you know twitter goes crazy friday night twitter goes crazy slew gets kind of ripped by the richmond fans and not i wouldn't say the richmond media but the I don't know. The narrative was definitely like leaning towards like Richmond as like they had everything right. And slew got this wrong. They shouldn't have, they should have played this game. There was no reason to cancel this. And then Sunday we find out that it is a a COVID close contact on the Richmond side. Internet kind of goes crazy on the other side. People are coming after anyone that tweeted badly about St. Louis and, and especially our boy JOC, John O'Connor, um, he had some brutal tweets coming at him that he d- definitely didn't deserve. He's just doing his job reporting it. If anything, they should have been maybe coming at, you know, some of the people who made statements out of out of the UR side that they should have played this game. And maybe they should have, but 
clearly like if you know they sh- i'm going to definitively say they shouldn't have played this game clearly because if sunday they had they had a close contact already there's no way they should have played friday so that's kind of the overview right away um you want to get into it we can start at the beginning if you want or or you can jump yeah. around wherever you want if so here's a couple things so the initial like you mentioned the initial reason that st louis gave wasn't much of a reason they just said they're their team doctors were not comfortable with Richmond's COVID protocol was essentially what, what came into play. And so, like you said, a lot of Richmond fans immediately are like, oh, St. Louis is ducking us. They're trying to avoid playing a good team after coming off pause for a month, yada, yada, yada. And I don't think Richmond media is, is necessarily creating a narrative, but they are challenging the way in which St. Louis and the league and the fact that Richmond's own coach NAD came out and said, everyone passed protocol. We were all good to go. No positives. We're confused is basically the, like they came out very strongly in defense of themselves. So I think rightfully so guys like John O'Connor were like, okay, well, if St. Louis had issues, why didn't they say so? Uh, or if they had specific issues with Richmond's protocols, why didn't they say what those were? So everyone's like, what is St. Louis doing? Then as Sunday morning progresses, we start to hear some rumors about, oh, okay, from Sunday's rounds of testing, Richmond might have to go on another pause. And so here's where I am still confused. I can kind of draw, you can let me know if I'm overlooking something. <laughs> I draw two possible scenarios from this. One, it's somehow possible that St. Louis, like, found out about a close contact with one of our players that ultimately led to a positive test after the fact. So basically they had reason to believe that one of our players was in danger of contracting COVID before they had actually tested positive for it, which is really interesting to me, or it could just be complete crazy coincidence. Like they could have just identified some issue and then we could have had this positive two days apart, and that could have just that could have happened. However, it sounds way too related for St. Louis not to know what's going on. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I'm pretty sure, like we explicitly stated in our um, in our you know athletic department releases, that bec- like due to Sunday's testing results, which to me indicates that it's a positive test. So. How could St. Louis have possibly known that that was going to happen on Sunday? You get what I'm saying? Like where I'm coming from? Like it, it almost makes you think that somebody either was yep. talking to a like their players were talking or watching social media. You know what I mean? There's how yeah. in the world would St. Louis ever know unless again they just saw something they didn't like and it happened to uh, you know amount in a positive two days later? That just yeah. sounds way too of a, a coincidence for me. Way too random. Yeah. I mean, I, from my perspective, um, I mean, I don't really know what the close contact means either. Like, does that mean it is a positive test or just, does that just mean like it, I want to think it means they're, they were near someone that had a positive test and they're waiting to get results. But at the same time, like it's so generic of a statement to say that like, I don't definitively know. Um, but yeah, I wrote about it in, in the blog a little bit on the website, check it out in the bio. Um, I think it was so sketchy, like almost like a conspiracy theory. Like they knew, they knew something that everyone else didn't know. Right. They saw someone was drunk at a party or, and posted something like for five seconds. And that's all like another player needed to be like, look, it's not enough to play this game or 
I don't know. It, I feel like they just must have known something somehow, but I don't know how they would have known. Like, if it was good enough for Richmond to play, what what really triggered St. Louis to play? And I feel like something at the stadium isn't up to standards with them. Let's say the way that the benches are cleared out and separated. That's not going to be enough to not play a game. So I feel like they must have known something somehow. I don't know yeah. how. I don't know what that was, but I feel like they must have. Yeah, maybe we'll never find out. And, and a lot of people are saying on social media that we're not going to find out a lot of info about this. You know, I think the league was really silent in terms of what the, you know, they could have said, I don't know. I just think there needs to be a precedent set for, you know, being able to clearly identify what issue, because if teams are able to do that going forward, regardless of if they were in the right or not doing it, they still should probably be able to signify a certain reason. And then that reason is, is known to the public because, yeah. You know, I think I think we have that that right to at least know why, because right? Then, like, even if it's very generic, pull, then you can just pull out of a game whenever you want. And right. like, if it's Which not going to be a, a lot of Richmond folks thought it happened. I mean, then again, this is just the information we have. If there's information that the conference has internally, then I get it. But if yeah. you're just going to postpone a game without having a real reason instead of a forfeit, then it's tough. So I don't know. I don't know where this goes from here. I feel like this information is going to be kept tight. I don't think it's ever going to get out what happened or how St. Louis knew, but. Um, inter- it's definitely an interesting situation and definitely calls for a lot of, uh, a lot of drama online for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you kind of played down the, the response to some journalists today. I mean, yeah, but like you said, our, our buddy, John was getting hammered from St. Louis people. And yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if we have any St. Louis listeners right now, but what I'll say to them or to anybody who might be siding with St. Louis is direct that at Richmond's athletic department, right? Like I think personally as a Richmond alumni and, big fan the fact that our ad came out on friday night and was that steadfast about us passing protocol and this game mm-hmm. should have happened that's where you should direct it from and again it's yeah. possible that john hart had no idea yeah we're not St. throwing Lewis, blame we're just saying where no. the blame should 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 probably go right i mean again and you and i have known for a while buddy like and again we're not trying to name names but there have been some issues with communication from our department in the past yeah at least i think so so I don't know. That's what a lot of people are saying on, on, on social. Yeah. I mean, on social, our credibility as, as a university athletic department is definitely being questioned. There's people even talking about now, I saw trending really low on my, on my feed because it's probably custom for me, but you know, trending should, should U of R even host the A-10 tournament because their testing isn't good enough. Protocols, protocols aren't in place. I think that's a little bit of a stretch um, when, when the conference is fully involved and taking over a full tournament, I think it'll be different. Um, rather than just our our school that we went to doing it um, as a one-off. So, I mean, we'll see. I don't think anything's going to change there. I think the conference has done their research. They know that this is going to be the best spot to do it, pending any any potential problems in the future. But, yeah, feel bad for a lot of the people that, that you know, took some shots over the weekend. But I think the shots <laughs> went went both sides. And, I mean, looking forward, this is going to create a little bit of a, of a rivalry between Richmond and St. Louis. I would love to see that. Um... You know, I think one thing that's been lost in all of this is, you know, as, as obvious as it seems, is the impact this is going to have to our team. Yeah, I think this is devastating. Um, a third pause like this in the heat of conference play. And if you look back, I mean, to, to tie this to our previous COVID pauses, um, you know, we've played since – I'm trying to remember when that first pause happened. I'm pretty sure it was, like – the the Sunday after the George Mason game on January 9th. So basically like yeah, it was, somewhere it on was, yeah, January yeah, that was, 9th. That was right. 
Yeah, January like 10th, 11th, 12th. That was the second though, technically, right? Because uh, this is right, the third. Right, but that was the yeah. second pause. But I'm saying yeah, 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 okay. since that initial second pause, we've played two games. And that's been almost three weeks since then. And we're probably going to have a good chance of this week playing no games again. So in one month, basically playing two games. Not good. That doesn't, you know, I don't feel great about that. I mean, so looking at our schedule, our next scheduled game is Friday the 5th. Supposed to be, like this Friday, supposed to be at Dayton. I don't see that happening at all. No, I think the next, the next reasonable game is a home game Tuesday against GW. I think that game could happen. And we need that to happen because after that is our quote, quote, double header against VCU. So yeah. at least we have potentially a get right game because we've seen twice. This team's going to come out of a COVID pause slow, really, yeah. really slow. Like we are, we are, we will play poorly against GW if that's our first game back, yeah. which I think you and I have both come to grips with the fact that maybe we were maybe thinking too generously about how teams would respond coming out of pauses. And we've seen in bracketologists that, it seems like they're not really dropping teams who have bad losses coming off of pauses. So, you know, I, I just think this is, this is really, really crippling to our, our team and any momentum we were trying to generate. Um, and it's just kind of the sad reality of, of trying to play basketball through all this. So, you 100%. know, it's, yeah. I don't know if you've got any more on, on how you think this is going to affect us, but ooh, I see, I see that, that Tuesday, the ninth game against George Washington, you know, a week from tomorrow. I see that as a maybe, and if it happens, it's going to be a struggle just to get through that. And then we've got to, you know, we've got to get ready to play our crosstown most heated rival. Hundred um, percent back-to-back games. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was a solid, quick recap, and and that'll give you a. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it more in in our next pod, but um, little little recap of what happened over the weekend with St. Louis. Hopefully, we get that game back on the schedule. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, there was there was a lot of talk about how much St. Louis will be motivated to get this game back on the schedule coming all the way back out to Richmond. So hopefully we can work some magic again, though. I don't think this situation necessarily left, you know, good taste in, in their mouth. So yeah, <laughs> who knows if they'll, how willing they'll be to reschedule. Yeah. So we'll so. see. I think the conference is going to make it happen in the day, but we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll put our trust in, in commissioner Bernadette. Yeah. I hope so. Let's go. Baby. <laughs> we believe, we believe. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to this, uh, this quick emergency pod signing off for Andrew. Ev, close it out for us. I don't have anything, man. Uh, you know, this is just, this is just, uh, I, I wish we didn't have to deal with this again. Um, what I'll say is though, one more time, protect our boy JOC. He'll, he'll get through this. Okay. And um, again, hopefully we can get, get back to it next week, but We'll probably be back, like you said, later this week with a more full-length episode. We're yeah, supposed we'll to have some exciting things in the work this week. I hope. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Going to have to get – some things are going to have to get delayed a little bit. Yeah. We hope. So, anyway, stick with the Fanatics. Whenever anything more comes out about the we'll program, you'll know it from us. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. Read the blogs. Yep. Read the tweets. Read it all. Comment, it. like, hate it. <laughs> engagement is engagement, baby. Let's go. Thank Roll you so spot. much, everybody. Have a great week. Peace. Kendall going to take a fadeaway three. It's good, and he fouled. Screen set by Jerome. Oh! Anderson, two more. Hands it off to Brothers. The long three. He switched it. The Spiders have a chance to win. Anthony for the lead.
Davis to inbound. Underneath the basket to TJ Klein, who lays it up and in with 1.5 to go. 